there are certain things you do maybe you know six months ago or nine months ago to automate a certain function of the company uh, or a certain thing that you do every day. And then six to nine months later, it, it you don't think about it as automation anymore. You just think about it as the tool that I use in order to do X, Y, and Z. Hello and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. I'm your host, Norbert Strappler, the CEO of SingSpider. Hello and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to the Ecom Ops podcast. And today I'm talking to Colleen McIntosh, a nomanist omen, huh? right? <laughs> yeah. Are you are you using a Mac? <laughs> uh, I am using a Mac. Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? I, I only, yeah. And in the United States, I don't know if we have, if you have been in Austria, but we have Macintosh apples too. So I, I only eat Macintosh apples as well. So oh, great. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, Colleen. How are you? All good? Um, is the bed uh, is the bed nice? <laughs> uh, yes, it's morning over here, so it's about uh, nine thirty, and uh, so I hope you don't mind if I have a cup of coffee and uh, chat with you from bed. That's great. Well, it's perfectly matching your store. Um, tell us a bit about what you're doing. Also, uh, well, I am founder and CEO of a company called Sheets and Giggles. Uh, as you can see from my eye mask back here. And uh, we make bed sheets, comforters, duvet covers, and pillowcases and throw blankets now uh, from a material that's called eucalyptus lyocell. So it's a very super soft, sustainable fabric that is made from uh, the wood pulp of trees instead of from a fiber like cotton or a petrochemical like polyester. Um, it's a sustainable closed loop process that uses way less water, less energy, no insecticides, no pesticides, um, and it uses no harmful chemicals either. And most of the solvents in the wood pulp batches are reused and recaptured for future production. So it's a really wonderful closed loop process. Oh, that's wonderful, and it's good for the environment, for, for the environment, for for everyone. So this is yep. really great, and they are um, more, more, more. Um, they're more lightweight, or yeah? so they're more, they're more, they're more lightweight. So they are airier. They're they're softer. Uh -huh. They have a lower coefficient of friction than cotton, so they're better for sensitive skin. They're actually dermatologists recommended for sensitive skin. Um, and they are also more breathable and very importantly, their, their moisture management is superior. So what that means is that the human body sleeps best when it's dry and cool and it's temperature regulated. You don't get too hot, you don't get too cold. And so, uh, our sheets have a perfectly cylindrical filament. And so when you sweat into them, your sweat becomes distributed, uh, and evaporated much more efficiently than a natural fiber like cotton, which has a wavy filament. Um, and so you never wake up in a pool of sweat. And so you stay dry and cool all night. It's great. That's nice. Cool. I need to try <laughs> one. <laughs> um, yeah. And you're producing yourself and selling it online or um, you're just a reseller here? 
So we we have uh, contract manufacturers. So we we interviewed when we got started. We interviewed dozens of manufacturers all across the world with our uh, ideas and designs. And uh, we you know that's how I came across the material of, of eucalyptus lyle cell. And the adoption is very low in the United States. Uh, and so uh, I, I is actually an Austrian company that uh, was one of the first people to produce this called Lensing. Um, and so we've met with them, we've met with others, um, and we have a few manufacturers that we work with now, three manufacturers that we work with, um, all across the world. And, uh, and so we are, you know, we don't own the equipment or anything, but, uh, that's the goal one day is to have our own, uh, our own factories and our own plants. That's nice. Well, Lansing is great. <laughs> I know them, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah. Big, yeah big uh, huge company, company yeah. here. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, if you want to see the store, it's sheetsgiggles.com. And uh, it's a Shopify store. But tell me a bit about how did you get first into e-commerce? Uh, well, so it's interesting. I, I kind of backed into it because I had been in another company uh, for a few years prior to this that was doing mostly physical retail. So I was running I was running business development for that company. It was a wearable technology company, kind of like Fitbit, if you're familiar with Fitbit or Apple yep. Watch. Um, and we I had sold into Target. I had sold, you know, big in the United States, big retailers, Target, Best Buy. Um, you know, I had sold into uh, uh, online shopping channels like HSN and QVC, TV shopping. Um, and we also had an Amazon presence. And we were in you know, uh, thousands of stores across the United States. And that was back in 2016, 2017, which actually, when you think about the changing uh, landscape in terms of uh, sales channels, was actually a really, really, really bad time to launch a product at physical retail. And we were, we were all young, we were in our 20s, and, and we didn't really understand uh, kind of the, the landscape that was changing and shifting underneath our feet. Because we had started developing this product in 2013, and we finally brought it to market in 2015, 2016, and we had these retail deals that we had in place, uh, you know, going into 2016 from the year prior in 2015. So it was almost like we made these deals for an older shopping landscape, and then the e-commerce uh, experience kind of shifted out from underneath our feet. And so I learned the hard way about introducing a hundred dollar technology product in physical retail and why philosophically that's a really bad way to introduce a product because you're asking people to impulse buy something they've never seen before at a price point that's not an impulse buy price point. Um, and so uh, the go-to-market strategy was not sound. We did not perform as well as we had hoped. And the company uh, uh, laid all of us, we, we all got fired um, uh, in September 2017. And so three weeks later, in October 2017, I founded Sheets and Giggles with all the lessons that I had learned from that last company. And I built my perfect company around my perfect business model, uh, which is on, e on online e-commerce. That's nice. And, and, and are you only online now? Or do you still have your stores? Or do you still uh, deliver to uh, retailers? So we're only we're only online. We do we do do some mm -hmm. private labeling. We we do do some private labeling for some mattress companies. So we have a couple of mattress companies that we make their sheets for them, and and we'll wholesale our sheets to them with their own boxes and packaging and labels and everything. 
Um, but other than that, we're a hundred percent on sheetsgiggles.com and then we're on Amazon at amazon.com slash sheets, which is a great oh, nice. a great URL. This is yeah, a great, great URL. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what's your current e-com stack? What do you use? Uh, so we got Shopify and then about 30 different apps on on the back end in terms of our, our tech. We also have a web development agency that we employ on a monthly retainer uh, based in London, actually. Um, and they're wonderful. And so we we work with them on a weekly basis. We do weekly sprints. We um, you know work on the website, different features. We A-B test a bunch of different things. Um, so we do have a, a pretty in-depth tech stack on the website, but we also have um, a, a tech team on retainer. Um, I'm trying to think of anything that I really love in terms of like my favorite pieces of my Shopify store that I couldn't do without third-party apps. Um, there's a new one that I'll give a shout out to called because I, I really want more people to adopt it called uh, Co-op Commerce, and I'm looking at them right now. And basically, what they'll allow you to do is three things basically one is upsell uh products after checkout so let's say somebody buys a set of sheets then you can upsell a set of pillowcases um, which is a really great user experience for people uh thing number two it lets you do is it will let you upsell after checkout other companies so if there are other sustainability companies in the home let's say you know a, a sustainable kitchen company or a sustainable furniture company and somebody's just bought our sheets, we can double opt in with that company and say, you might also like this company and then send them to their store. And then the same goes for us on, on that company's store. So it's mm -hmm. like a co-op. Nice. Co yeah. And the third thing is eventually we'll be able to, uh, when they have enough people on the platform, it's a brand new app. There's only like 300 companies on it. They'll be able, you'll be able to choose products from other companies to sell on your website and then they'll take those orders and send them to the Shopify store for the other companies. So if there's a complimentary product like towels or something else that we don't currently make and don't want to take the inventory risk for, we can then get a you know, 20-30% margin share of products. So that's something I'm really excited about uh, that just yeah. came to mind. But we also have shipping apps and you know, Google <laughs> shopping, all, all the all the typical stuff that you'd find on a Shopify store. Yeah, everything you need to run an e-com business. Tax, um, tax, tax apps, you know, Avalara tax. And the United States tax landscape is a mess. It's an absolute... Oh, yeah. Sales tax is a mess. So I yeah. heard this quite often already. This is a mess. But I think it's... Uh, if you're really... A huge retailer and you are in the European Union, you also have the problem that you need to reflect <laughs> the taxes of all those different countries. Oh, does, they are does all Europe, different. It's horrible. Does Europe have taxes? I've, I've never... Americans don't talk about that at all. I've never heard about that. <laughs> yeah, before. we have. Yeah. We have. Okay. Two, yeah. two or three tax classes per, per country typically. And yeah. 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 And yeah. everything Can, is Canada, different. Canada is similar because we sell in Canada as well. Yeah. So you got your federal tax code, your regional tax code, and then your localized tax code. And um, they're very, very pricey, very pricey duties. So yeah, yeah. 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 How many percentage of your sales go through the store and how many go through uh, platforms? Uh, so it's about 80-20 from our store and then 20% through uh, Amazon. So it's about 80%, Amazon. 20%. Yeah. I would and say you're it's like only on Amazon yeah. or also you try other things out? 
just Amazon. We're, we're about uh-huh. to try out Walmart. Um, so Walmart, we're about to yeah. try out walmart.com. And then um, we're, we're going to be looking at a few other platforms. We're currently pitching um, to a few retailers uh, for 2022. So now that we're entering year four and five of the business, we've built a, a more nationally recognized brand. Uh, we've been on Good Morning America, which is a really big TV show on ABC. Um, we, you know, we've gotten some really good national recognition and national press. And so, uh, you know, our sustainability and, and philanthropy efforts are really starting to make a good name for the company. Last year, we donated forty thousand dollars to COVID nineteen relief in the state of Colorado, which is where we're, we're based. Um, and so we've been getting a lot of attention just for our corporate social responsibility and what we do. And, um, it's been really nice to see the, the growth of the brand. And so I think next year we will probably do a partnership with at least, at least one or two retailers. Mm -hmm. That's great. And, uh, do you have a specific person in your team that is focused on operations? Uh, I do. I have, uh, Mike and Seth and Mm -hmm. they're, they're very... And then, you know, we have our CFO uh, and uh, we've got a few people that are focused on operations. And then we employ uh, freight forwarders and we've got our three PLs for third-party logistics uh, and fulfillment. And so mm-hmm. it, it, takes, it takes a village, but internally, we've got Mike, Seth, and Matt um, and their, their operations team. Um, and uh, I, the global... Op- I mean, internal and external operations are a nightmare with COVID. Uh, but it's, it's been a really interesting learning experience the last year. Oh yeah. Uh, well, the, these problems I've, I've heard quite often in the past year. So that, that nearly everyone that, of course, the sales went up um, and and the uh, supply chains in the background um, went down. So <laughs> I think everyone was, is affected here. It was tough. It, we we had a lot of people, you know, that were unable to buy our products because we we had a supply chain breakdown for. You know, three or four months, and oh, we wow. ran out of stock. We, we ran out of stock for you know two or three months, and um, it was it was challenging. Last year was it was definitely a very taxing year, but um, also a very rewarding year. And uh, we're just we're just very blessed and and happy that we were able to give back and uh, during a, a challenging time and um, you know help other people in our community uh, last year. So. When 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 I hear something like this, you ran out of stock. Something um, um, uh, happens here. What what do you do, or how how are you um, ensuring that your customers really have a great experience, especially during such hard times? Uh, we have when you're out of stock, the best way to do it is to be transparent. So you let yep. them know, hey, hey, look, we we shut down production for 75 days due to worker safety. We wanted to make sure that every you know in, in April and May, March, April, May, no one had any idea what was going on. You know, we want to make sure that everybody was safe, that we had the right the right regulations, the right things in place to make sure that you know nobody was harmed uh, uh, in terms of uh, you know COVID nineteen. And um, you know, we we just explained that to people, and people were very very accommodating. They they said that makes sense. We you know thank you for for the transparency. If there were delays, we would say, "Hey, look, we can't get a FedEx truck, we can't get a UPS truck to pick up uh, our units. We can't. They're, they're, you know, they were trying. They were so behind. You know, Amazon wasn't taking anything in the FBA centers. It was, it was total chaos, total chaos. And mm-hmm. and and from a logistics perspective, and so we were just very upfront and honest with people, and we were letting them know the challenges we were facing. And we had, you know, little. Uh, uh, Sign up to be notified forms on our website for when we were back in stock, so you could 
you know, be the first to know when we were back in stock. And, um, we, you know, when we were back in stock in, in October last year, uh, people, uh, responded extremely well and they came back by the thousands to, to purchase our products. So it was really nice to see the, uh, the support from the community in terms yeah. of, all right, all right, great. This company I like is back in stock. I'm going to go support them and, uh, and help this small business out. And so it was really, really great to see that. That's cool. Uh, and that's maybe a shipping chaos in your, in your uh, logistics centers. <laughs> uh, I'm a little worried about the shipping chaos that's going to come from this week and next week with the, the ship that just ran aground in the Suez Canal yesterday. So it's, yeah, it's crazy. It, international logistics is just insane right now. Totally it is. insane. It is, so, absolutely. Yeah. And do you rely on a lot of uh, um, automations? So is this important for your company oh, to yeah. have automations in place? Oh yeah, and I think the thing about automation—I was actually thinking about this yesterday. Um, you almost don't even notice it anymore. You don't even—you don't even realize. Like there, are, there are certain things you do, maybe you know, six months ago or nine months ago, to automate a certain function of the company uh, or a certain thing that you do every day. And then six to nine months later, it—you it, don't think about it as automation anymore. You just think about it as the tool that I use in order to do X, Y, and Z, and so. Yeah, we automation is. Um, I think for a modern e-commerce company, you generally want to target the most. What most people are saying is um, about a million and a half dollars per head in terms of sales, um, and that's very tough to do without without a lot of automation. And so, yeah, um, yeah we we employ a ton of it for sure. Mm -hmm. um, what are those automations about? So what do you currently try to automate? Um. So everything from uh, scheduling to for to forecasting um, to uh, our returns and fulfillment, some of our customer service, um, we try to automate uh, a little bit of our email flows. We automate uh, um, our direct mail campaigns. Mm -hmm. uh, we so. For example, you know, a great a great example is for our direct mail campaigns. We have two direct mail campaigns. One is a thank you note from the CEO that will automatically go out to. It's a handwritten thank you note that will automatically go out to somebody a month after they get their order, and it will thank them and and give them more information about the company and give them a time sensitive discount code. Um, and then another note is um, actually something that has a uh, what do you call it? Um, A fabric sample, and mm -hmm. so basically, it'll it'll actually go out. We're actually setting that up right now to where if you go to our website and you don't buy, um, it'll actually send you a fabric sample in the mail. Um, and so that's that's something that I think is really interesting in terms of we don't even have to lift a finger. We'll have that all automated in terms of that interaction with people. Um, and then uh, something else that we've we've automated recently is uh, our email flow. Um, For uh, and that's some, that's something pretty basic. Uh, and now we're looking at automating our text message flow as well. And so we've we've automated our abandoning cart flow from both a text message and email perspective. There's a there's a bunch of different things in there that you can automate over time. Really, really powerful. Technology is incredible. 
Absolutely. Um, uh, technology. I, I recently bought um, uh, bought a mattress, um, and uh, I got even um, I got the package, and there was a card inside, handwritten by the one who packed it. Um, this is also something that I, I really love about those those brands that they get so personal with things. Um, and and uh, I think three weeks ago I had an interview with a company called Handwritten. Yes, I know. Yes, yeah. I, I. They are yeah, great. The yes. idea yeah, is yeah. really great. So having yeah. so automating something like uh, a new order is placed and you send them via API the information about the customer. The robot is writing uh, the handwritten note and sending it over. So it's really uh, great. What you can I love, do. I, it's incredible. It's incredible, and I'm very, I'm very impressed with the things that people have built. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what will you? Team, your ops team be focused in the next year, 20, 2021, 22? Uh, in proper inventory planning and forecasting. <laughs> we, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it, I, I, always, I always tell people if, if somebody, I, I have been approached and we have paid money to so many, uh, prop, so many softwares and artificial intelligence tools for inventory planning, and none of them work. And so if there's if there's any one out there who actually builds a inventory planning and forecasting system for a company with as little as five SKUs to a company with thousands of SKUs, you will be incredibly successful because that is the that we are we're out of stock on, you know, some of our sizes and colors and products all the time. And so uh, it's it's been very frustrating because it's just lost revenue opportunity. So we're actually gonna gonna go out and raise a little bit of money, and then uh, we're gonna use that to uh, dramatically expand our inventory position, and we'll never be out of stock again. Yeah, well, this is really a hard thing. Um, I'm, one of my clients is uh, selling um, and producing shoes, um, international, and they really have um, all the, sizing, the same problems: size, yeah. sizing, sizing yeah. colors, trends. Yeah. Um, and as it was for COVID. Um, they they are especially building those outdoor um, niche, so they they are fulfilling uh, for the mountains, for climbing, right, um, right. for running. So these type of shoes, and uh, the, the, when something like COVID. As this happened, um, of course, the people went out more often. They went right. out more to the mountains. They did could not do any other things like that. And of course, the numbers increased dramatically. But then every planning is um, is 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 gone. So right, and there's no yeah. Everything goes out the window, and it and it becomes really really hard to forecast when demand spikes like that and supply chokes like that. And so, you know, I think people, I think a lot of people have been understandings, but I think, and I don't know how it is with European customers because we don't, we don't serve European customers yet, mm. but with American customers, it is uh, very frustrating sometimes to deal with the American customer because they, they don't, they expect so much, which is fine. It's good to have high expectations, but they don't understand a lot of the limitations. So we have people all the time who get very upset with us and they'll, and they'll write in and they'll say, you know, I wanted, you know, your full sheets in, you know, in red for a month and you still not in stock with them. Like why, why is it taking so long? Because in their minds, you, you, as a company, you always have a supply of these sheets and you, you know, you always 
pay your cash for inventory production. And then you just sit on the inventory and you just wait for people to come over and buy it. And then you ship it to them. And then you always bring in more and more and more. And you just have warehouses full of it. But for small businesses, you can't sit on inventory because that's just sitting no. on cash and yeah. it's a wasted opportunity cost. And you know, you're know you trying to hit... You have 200 SKUs, right? We have a, seven sizes and 11 colors and two depths in sheets. So we have for thicker mattresses and thinner mattresses. So you're talking about over a hundred SKUs for just bed sheets. And you know, sometimes when we make our production orders with two or three months of lead time, when we're actually going to be producing these before they hit our warehouse, sometimes you don't order enough full red. And sometimes yeah. you don't or you know, you don't order enough California King Navy. And and <laughs> you know, and, and we make up for that by by over ordering white and gray and queen and king, and we make sure that because those are our most popular colors and our most yeah. popular sizes. So we always make sure we have enough of those. But you can't just order extra <laughs> of everything just in case you know you don't hit your targets or that you exceed your targets. So people, people, I think, get, I think it's yeah, not only yeah. America. I think it's not yes, only America. Yeah. It's the same here in Europe as well. And uh, I think that the people are, um, yeah. Um, it's it, you're, you're, it's a layer of obfuscation, right? The company, yeah. the company itself is a layer of obfuscation between the customer and the product to where you know they they want to purchase the product and the company has to design, make, produce, hold and ship it and that's that's the whole value of the company. That's why they're paying you the money for their product. So I understand the frustration of someone who wants something and can't get it. I totally understand that. Um but I'm very sympathetic to when when I'm now when I'm shopping for something and I see that it's not available for shipping to my state or it has a high shipping fee or it's you know the color that I want is out of stock or the size that I need is out of stock. I'm very sympathetic to those companies now because I know yeah. I know what I know what a nightmare it is. How about the shipping costs? Is there anything? Let's let's talk about um, optimizing a store. Um, this is why I came for the shipping costs because um, everyone knows no shipping costs means uh, better conversion rate at the checkout. But are there any special? Uh, tips and tricks that you can give our audience. Um, what should I do next to really optimize my store? So i I don't like the I don't like the companies that do free shipping over X dollars, right? I don't like that. I don't I don't like it when it's you know free shipping over two hundred dollars or free shipping over a hundred dollars because I feel like you're training the customer to look for the exact amount of money to mm-hmm. add to their cart and you're you're going to end up artificially changing your average order value to whatever that number is. So what I like to do is we charge uh 9.95 flat rate shipping on our website uh for any order and I find that as long as shipping is less than 10% of the order total people don't really uh balk at that they'll um, I don't know if bulk is an American. It's a it's about baseball. They, people people won't abandon their cart because of that. Um, but uh, I do. Uh, we do offer free shipping for any two item or more order. So I think that that's something that I would actually like to be adopted more. Is make it really simple for people. One item orders cost five ten dollars to ship, and then two three four item orders or more 
free free shipping. And I think nice that approach. That, nice approach. I like, yeah. I like that. And I think that flexibility where you're you're telling the person anything else you see in our store, anything at all, add it to your order and your order will ship for free. And you're transparent with them and you let them know in the FAQs and the details, look, this is how the math works out for us. And so if you, you know, if you like our store, if you like what we're doing and you want to buy multiple things, do so. And we have a really aggressive return policy, so you can be rest assured that you know you're going to love everything or your money back. Um, and people take advantage of that a lot, and and you'll see your average items per order go up. And you're also what you'll wind up doing is you'll increase your uh, your your average order value flexibility to where people will really surprise you, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll add two, three, four, five items to an order if you give them that type of flexibility. Um, or you know, from a from another perspective, uh, your average order value might go way up because instead of adding the smallest order threshold, they'll actually add a more expensive item, and you, and you'll be surprised by what they want. So I like that more nebulous um, approach to it. Yeah, it's definitely something that um, that the audience should test. It's a really interesting approach. I, I think people be will be surprised. Yeah. I think I think you only have higher average order values if you don't put a number on the free oh. shipping. Colin, there's something that I always wanted to know. <laughs> sure. How do you handle it's 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 mattresses, it's um uh it's covers and so on. So um uh it's sheets. What, how do you handle returns? So people use that. How do you handle returns? What do you do with the stuff? If uh so we ask them for pictures. Yeah. And it, sometimes people just open their box, they pull it out and they and very rarely uh, they'll just say, you know, eh, that's not for me, or I, I want a different color, or you know, whatever it is. And so, for those people, we just have them uh, send it back to us, um, and then we ha we repackage and resell the inventory. We have a repackaging operation mm -hmm. that we that we use for that. Um, the The second thing is, if somebody sleeps on the sheets for a couple weeks and they say, you know what, I don't like them, which that's also we have a very low return rate. Um, we won't have them send them back to us. We will have them go donate them. And so we ask for a proof of picture where we hey, just send us a picture of you at a homeless shelter or at a you know a donation drop box with your sheets. We you know we package everything with a knapsack so that way you can actually carry them around and travel with them. So we have a lot of people who you know they they say that's a great idea. They'll take them to the local homeless shelter. And they drop them off. They send us a picture, and we say, "Great," and we'll refund them. So, you know, we we don't want people to take advantage of our of our very, um, you know, we have no time limit on our return policy. We don't do a hundred days or a hundred nights or whatever. It's just on, you know, if you if you love them, great, and if you don't, great, that's okay. Um, and uh, it works out pretty well for the most part. And then that's how we guard ourselves against bad actors: is we make sure that we get a picture of them um, donating their sheets somewhere. That's great. That is also a very nice idea um, to avoid a return. Um, what do you do with that? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's the thing, there's, especially there's no in that market. niche. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, a market. No, there's no market for, for used bed sheets yeah, or, or mattresses for that matter. Uh, and, and very so. social. So this is also something I think that uh, people really like about the brand. If, if a brand is really social and they really do something good. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Good and idea. we're very, we're we're a very social brand. We're we're mm -hmm. we're we have a lot of we have a lot of fun on social media as well. That's great. Yeah. Well, uh, last question for today. Um, 
Who has taught you the most about e-commerce in your career? Probably my own fa- my own failures. <laughs> to be totally honest, <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, yeah, I I, you when you when you take some lumps, you know, both before Sheets and Giggles and after I founded it, I've learned so much, and and I and it's an ever changing landscape. So I think that you 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 can only learn by failing. Um, and that's, that's something that's been really helpful for me. Um, and then I would say in terms of a a human being, a person, um, there are these guys in Boulder, I'll give them a shout out in Colorado called Shinesty, uh, S H I N E S T Y. And they are, uh, an apparel company. So they do ski, ski clothing and ski wear and, um, other fun, fun outfits. And they are very, very good marketers and very, very good e-commerce people. And so I've learned a lot from them. Um, and then uh, uh, I think that a couple other folks have been helpful to me, but no one that really, no one that really stands out too much, at least not off the top of my head. So, Great. yeah, thank you very much. It was really a pleasure to talk to you. I uh, learned a lot today again. So uh, some some takeouts. Have your stock. <laughs> yeah, yes. Have your stock. So the, the, think about how to manage the stock, how to reorder things, have your supply chain uh, set up correctly so that you really can deliver, uh, but don't buy too much. Don't have too much yes. in the stock. It, it's, it's, um, you got to thread the needle. It needs, needs to work. Um, and I really like the idea with, uh, with the put a second thing to the cart and the shipping is on us. So I, I like yep. that idea. It's really nice and it's a different approach. Like get this amount. I think this is um, especially doable if you have uh, pricey products. Yeah? Yes. Um, yes but it then is. it's doable if you have those small and, and very low pricing products, then of course it's going to be hard to reach the limit. So the shipping is really, uh, but it's an interesting approach for pricing products. So I really, yes. really like that. Um, yeah. Thanks so much. Was great. Um, have a good rest in your bed. Thanks. I appreciate it. I got, the, I got the day started now. So I got to jump out of bed, but I appreciate you having me. And thanks for letting me share the Sheets and Giggles story. Um, and I hope this was helpful for at least one person listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Have a great day. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.